0: It is the defending champions, the arrowhead itself, and some fantasy question marks in what used to be one of the most great funnel offenses ever. Now there's question marks, and we have the answers. It is the heat wave. We are getting started on the NFC, sorry, excuse me, AFC West. Don't forget, we are getting all the stats we use, everything, every single thing at The Fantasy Football by Broto app. Go, download it. It's free. It gives you all the tools you need to dominate fantasy football and become your own expert. Don't get me wrong, you should listen to us, but you should really be listening to your heart. You know what's up, and these are the tools to make your heart correct. You have to know if your hunch is correct, and this is how you can tell. And, on top of that, patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy. If you want to support the show, get extras, 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 extras. Read all about it. But for now, let's get into it. Tonight, yet another staggering heat wave striking fantasy football. Hot and, hot and, hot and, so hot air. So hot air. Oh. Oh, we have a very, very, very special episode for you today. Not only are you going to be talking about the QB one, probably, and the tight end one, probably. Not only are we talking about great fantasy, but one of our fantasies have come true. And the man, the myth, the legend himself is joining us today. There he is,
1: Cass. Hey, hey, hey. He's up? back What's on up? the heat
0: wave. What's good, bro? Oh, Mike's back. here too. Yeah, Mike, you know. Eh, whatever. <laughs> What's good, Cass?
1: I'm good. Happy to be back. It was uh, about downtown, right?
0: About that time, the last time we saw your um, magical, beautiful face, you had those locks, and now people are probably shocked seeing you with this new haircut here.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah, I've I've been rocking different types of haircuts now. The the locks are gone, the braids are gone, and uh, and the cast is back. That is right.
0: Boom, baby, we are ready to talk. Some fantasy football. That is for damn sure. And we we're leading it off with a team that we did not give Cass easy assignments. I will say this. He'll be on the next four episodes. It's fucking tough. Yeah. And yeah. he got some tough assignments. Like right away when we were making the assignments, it's all, it's all random. Michael randomized it somehow. And with when when the assignments, it was just like, whoa, Cass. All right. Welcome back. Uh, so I'm excited to hear from you, bro. I'm excited to hear from Mike, too, because this is a very interesting team. And one of the reasons why it's such an interesting team is it's because it's an outlier in many ways. This is a team with incredible stability and it all starts with Andy Reid in year 11 with the defending Super Bowl champs but some of that stability now has been taken away their offensive coordinator uh, Eric Bieniemy, last year he moves on to Washington famously not able to get a head coaching job after years of interviews and interviews and interviews so he decides hey I need to get out of the shadow of Andy Reid I need to get out of the shadow of Patrick Mahomes and I need to go to a place where I can prove myself and I'll tell you if he can make the offense run in Washington he's proven himself at that point but it's kind of interesting though because even when there's uncertainty and turnover with the Chiefs there's still consistency because Matt Nagy takes over the position he was previously the offensive coordinator with the Chiefs in 2017 uh five years prior to that as well he was with the Chiefs as the quarterback's coach now he left the Chiefs to go be the head coach of the Bears if you remember um coach of the year in 2018 Funny thing about this, really going full circle, is that probably what got him fired from his job with the Bears was passing on Patrick Mahomes for Mitch Trubisky. And now he hey coaches Patrick Mahomes yep. and he comes back as the QB coach last season. And now he is taking over the, the, um,
2: as, as offensive Tim, coordinator. Not to not to cut you off, but it's only right that Cass's first episode back within four <laughs> minutes. You're already bringing up Mr. Trubisky somehow. I mean, look, <laughs> this way, I, it was not in a shining light. I will say that. Um,
0: in terms of the offense last year, because like I said, even though there's a change, there will be some consistency promoting from inside the organization. First in points per game because of that magic man, Pat Mahomes. Fifth in pass percentage, 61%. 26th in rushing percentage, 39%. On offense Offense, they did add some people. Uh, but I would say more losses than additions. They they signed Juwan Taylor, the offensive tackle, and they signed Donovan Smith the offensive tackle. But the reason for that is because they lost our all, all pro left tackle, Orlando Brown. Uh, so you know, not really a one-for-one one there. They they got wide receiver Richie James, you know. Uh, and they drafted rookie wide receiver Rashi Rice in the second round. They lost, though, Juju Smith Schuster, and they lost Miko Harmon. So really this team. It all comes down to one person, and that one person is obviously quarterback Patrick Mahomes. I do not have to tell you what Patrick Mahomes does but I'm going to anyway. Third in completions, uh, s- second in true throw value, had the most passing yards, had the most passing touchdowns. Um, he even got it done on the ground. Four rushing touchdowns, f- 358 rushing yards even with an ankle injury, was ninth in the league. He was first in PPR points overall, uh, first in, p- third in PPR points per game. Just an absolute monstrosity, wrecking ball of the season uh, for Pat Mahomes. And he did it all without tight Kill So really, he's Tyree. He's just he's wide receiver proof. I think that you, we talk about wide receivers a lot being um, being quarterback proof, but we don't mention a lot of quarterbacks being wide receiver proof. This is one of them. Uh, so look, last year, Michael mentioned. It was open season on mid-round quarterbacks. So we, this is something we're, we're going to be mentioning. It's going to be a, a theme of the of everything we're talking about because you were able to get Pat Mahomes in the fifth round last year. And we famously are, like, before it became, like, the ultra trend, we've been telling you for seven years to draft quarterbacks late and not take early quarterbacks. Um, but... Last year, we completely changed our tune with that because the overcorrection to late quarterbacks was so drastic that you can get a guy like Patrick Mahomes in the in the fifth round. And Michael did that to in me and Michael playing leagues together, and he must have drafted Pat Mahomes in the every
2: single. I did round. have a lot of Patrick Mahomes last I
0: year I was there drafting Josh Allen right before it. You know, yeah. like I I was loving Josh Allen in the late fourth, early fifth as well. You know, so like. I, me, and Michael were kind of on that same, on that same bandwagon. Worked out for us,
2: and but this year it's not like that.
0: If you want Pat Mahomes, you're gonna have to spend a second round pick on him. And, and last
2: year it was Patrick Mahomes or Rashad Bateman. This year it's Patrick Mahomes <laughs> or T Higgins, or yeah.
0: even even on top even or more Tony Pollard. Yeah, like guys that are absolutely killers. Devontae Adams, even yeah. yeah. So. For me, I'm not gonna have any Patrick Mahomes on my teams. Uh, maybe if I'm having a fun draft with family and I know that I can get a sleeper. Then again, when I do my fun drafts with family, I play against fucking Michael and Jason anyway. Uh, but like, if I'm having a fun like work draft or something like that, like I can, I know I'll get a sleeper later. Like I got Tony Pollard in like the 13th round last year in my work draft for free. Like that's why I could take, I, I could take some shots. Like I drafted Kelsey. I, I never have Kelsey, but I drafted Kelsey because I know that I was gonna make up for it later. Um, if you're in one of those drafts. Maybe take Pat Mahomes, knowing that you're going to make up for it later. But for me, it's just too much to pay, even though I know he's going to be an absolute fucking animal.
2: How, yeah, do, how I do you actually, it? it's funny because I I have done one single redraft league already. All my other leagues have been best ball leagues uh, to date, and that was the FSGA Experts League, and- a 14-team league. I had the 11th overall pick, and I ended up with Patrick Mahomes because he fell to 311, which is Damn. pick – Pick, if that's 28, 39, about 15 spots past his ADP so far in other leagues. And at that point, I was like, I guess I'm going to end up with Patrick Mahomes because I was willing to draft him there at pick 39. But otherwise, around his ADP, like to mention of 24, 25, that second round turn, even earlier, some people are, you know, trying to get that stack with Kelsey, taking Kelsey fourth overall, and then maybe taking Mahomes in the back half of the second round that's just a little it's been a winning
0: strategy uh
2: before but it's just a little it's just a little too expensive for my taste at the moment but I don't think like I don't think uh drafting Patrick Mahomes automatically takes you out of contention by any means you you just you have to hit on the right guys later it's it's just gonna put you in a tougher spot doesn't mean it won't work it just it's gonna make it tougher for you
0: What's going to be tough is figuring out who the hell to throw to. Right? Who the hell is the guy that they're going to throw to in this offense? Um, Kadarius Tony has already had his injury ro- injury woes. Um, a lot of preseason hype around Justin Ross. Uh, you know how that goes. Um, you you know, and you have you have other guys in this offense that could contribute how are we feeling about these wide receivers and is this kind of a situation like last year where really Travis Kelsey is the pass catcher to target and these wide receivers are kind of just going to be no holes barred whatever happens
2: yeah the Chiefs have to be the like the most mind-boggling offense I've seen um, in recent memory the way it operated last year Patrick Mahomes threw for over 5,200 yards and 41 touchdowns and not a single receiver surpassed 1,000 yards obviously I'm not um, including Travis Kelsey there. because That is did, an unbelievable, right ridiculous Insane. stat, man. Insane. It makes no <laughs> logical sense. Juju Smith-Schuster led the wide receiver group with 933 receiving yards. He would have went over 1,000 if he stayed healthy, but nonetheless, it, it's cooler to say none have reached 1,000. Then Marquez Valdez-Scantlin with just 687, and then Justin Watson with 315. Like Justin Watson was the third leading receiver on that team with 315 receiving yards. Nicole Hardman, who played in just eight games, led all wide receivers and touchdowns with four. Rookie Sky Moore went just 22 for 250. The fourth most receiving yards on the team was Jarek McKinnon with 512, and he scored a whopping nine receiving touchdowns. Now Patrick Mahomes is going into the season with no juju and a pretty mediocre and wild wide receiver group of Kadarius Toney, Sky Moore, Rashi Rice, MVS, and Richie James. Right now, I'm going to go in order here. Justin Ross. And Justin Ross short. Justin Ross is going undrafted in all leagues right now. I'm just saying he's just getting like that dynasty hype that people he's, like. He's there. in there. He's in there. That's all but he's got. I'm just hype, saying he's so. he currently yeah. has a undrafted ADP on all platforms. So I'm not going to discuss Justin Ross. Okay. Okay. <laughs> With that being said, all right. Kadarius Tony's going off the board around the wide receiver 36. Um, Sky Moore at wide receiver 50. Rashi Rice around wide receiver 65, MVS wide receiver 70, and Richie James wide receiver 90 currently. Look, Kadarius Tony is the only wide receiver here going inside the top 50 for a slam dunk top three quarterback, which is just hysterical to me. But if we're being honest, yes, one of these players is likely to outpace their ADP, but there's a 0% chance I'll be drafting Kadarius Toney this year. He's already dealing with an injury, and he's been the most hyped player in – recent memory who has not produced on the field. Never has someone done so little with such small samples been hyped over and over. He's played 19 career games. He's seen a total of 77 targets for 55 catches, 591 yards, and two touchdowns. He has 591 yards and two touchdowns through his first two seasons of people acting like this guy is a star in the making when he can't even stay on the field. He never played more than a third of the snaps with Casey last year, and he dealt with injuries, and now I think he's injured again. That's the issue. But that's the issue, though, is like people are have never seen him get the opportunity to. It's
0: just been flashes, and the flashes have been impressive.
2: Yeah, but he's injured now, and people think it's like a, a nothing injury. And then Travis Kel- Kelsey, it's gone under the radar, basically said that he's hoping Kadarius Toney could be back when the season starts. Like, he's already in jeopardy to miss week one. Zero so, percent chance I'm drafting Kadarius Tony as a top 36 wide receiver right now. It's just not going to happen. And then you have Sky Moore, who... Look, he caught a touchdown in the Super Bowl, but it was just one catch. With that being said, he's second-year rookie, second-round, 5'10", speedy wide receiver. He makes the most logical sense to me taking the Juju Smith-Schuster role. And while Juju was a disappointment last season at his ADP, he had a seven-game stretch with four top-ten finishes and was 15th in true target value. So there is some upside there. And Moore has been getting some rave reviews so far. I know it's early in the offseason, and people always hype up Young wide receivers, but a big second year jump would not be overly shocking to me for a guy with Patrick Mahomes throwing to him if he's able to work his way onto the field and he's going off the board at wide receiver fifty. Like at wide receiver fifty, I'm okay taking a shot on Sky Moore um breaking out. And then Rashi Rice, who's going off the board around wide receiver 65. Um I'm I'm perfectly fine taking a shot at him too. Second round pick out of SMU, six foot tall athletic, great after the catch. Maybe he steps into the Juju yak role that he played last year. Why? Might as well draft him at wide receiver 65. But I'm not touching Kadarius Toney. MVS going around wide receiver 70. He's about as mid as you can get. His 42 receptions last season, career high through five years. 687 receiving yards was his second most by just three yards. And he scored just two touchdowns. Four of his five seasons have ended with two or three touchdowns in his career. He was 45th in true target value, but 70th in points per game. I have no... uh, I, I don't think there's any reason to draft... MVS out of maybe one splash game that he may end up with. I'm taking the young guys in Skymore and Rashi Rice, hoping one of them smash and end up being huge hits, but I'm not, I have no interest in the, in the other wide receivers on this team. I think
0: you should give a Justin Ross a little bit of a,
2: a look as okay, well. Okay, Tim, go ahead and, and draft let, Justin Ross.
0: Let's see how it evolves. I'm not saying I'm drafting him yet. Let's, let's see how it evolves. He's gotten, he's gotten the opportunity to run with the first team. I think there's something to be said about that.
2: Everyone you know, runs with
0: the first team in July. That's not true. <laughs> that's, so, that's not true. Um, I will, if you, let's go into the running backs because I think there's questions in the wide receiver room. There's even more questions in the running back room. Maybe the obvious answer is staring us in the face, and it's the same as last year with Jarek McKinnon. Maybe it's a step up in uh, role and production for Isaiah Pacheco, who had a big Super Bowl. How are you looking at this, Gaz?
1: Uh, I mean, I think they play different roles in that offense, and that's very helpful for us to clear things up uh, for fantasy. I think Isaiah Pacheco Diaz, he did have a, a pretty big role in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl, but he is much more just the rusher for Kansas City. And, and Jarek McKinnon plays the receiving back role very, very well. Uh Yes, the offensive coordinator is different, but we've seen in the past that the uh, running back targets also come pretty strongly from the quarterback, not necessarily the player. It's a combination of quarterback and scheme. If we assume the scheme is not going to be too different, as you said, like they upgraded in-house for the coach and as a coach has been there in the past, I think Jerry McKinnon is going to maintain the receiving back role. And Isaiah Pacheco might step up as the the leading rusher for sure. But in, in, in this case, I'm for fantasy, especially like half PPR and full PPR. I want the the leading receiver. Uh, I said Pacheco was sixth among running backs for true target value, uh, which is huge. He's just behind San Francisco Christian McCaffrey. Uh, not to be confused with Panthers Christian McCaffrey. He had a different through throw value. You can check that out all in the fantasy football by Brodo app. Go ahead. Boom. Plug. Uh, Bam. But yeah, like. This is a product of Patrick Mahomes and Jarek McKinnon was uh, getting a 3.2 true target, two target value, which is huge. Like uh, Christian McCaffrey, when he was with the Panthers, was uh, under that 3.2, which is, is huge when you consider he's one of the best producers and uh, as a receiving back. Uh, for me, I mean, you got to mention Clyde Edwards Hiller. He's not a factor. I'm not drafting him at all. And the most egregious part of, of this whole thing is Jerick McKinnon is are being drafted as RB45 right now. As insane, like a sense
2: ADP. Or, yeah, I'm looking insane. at his ADP.
0: It's, it's, it's outrageous. Insane, bro.
2: Like, He's going to be my most drafted player on yeah. Underdog.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, for sure, this is this is extremely good value. Like, uh, I say Pacheco, yes, he might step up. RB 27 is a little bit of a, a steep price for him. Because even when you look at the uh, – because but, but people say it was like Drake McKinnon scored a bunch of TDs, especially, like, receiving TDs towards the end of the season. But still, like, his points for opportunity, excluding touchdowns, was the highest in the RB room by a lot. It was .77 compared to .52. Uh, I say up I check ahead. It just goes to show how valuable those receptions are. And if he's going to play the receiving back in that offense, like sign me up. He he was averaging ten points per game, and, and, and now I think if he, as I assume, solidified himself as the receiving back in that offense, that's the guy you want. hundred percent.
0: That's uh yeah, that's a crazy. This this little like pocket of running backs here has sleeper written all over them. You got from from. Right now on Fantasy Pros, from forty to forty-six, you got Elijah Mitchell, Jarek McKinnon, Tyler Algier, Jeff Wilson, Devin Singletary, Devin A, cane. a It's a lot of. A, how do you how do you say that? A chain, a chain. There you go. Well, on that is a that is a lot of people with some potential to put up some points. And Jarek McKinnon probably is the is the most egregiously priced of all of them. So if you can get, yeah, uh, if you can get him for free, like why not?
2: He's going RB forty one on underdog, um, what? around pick Crazy. around pick one thirty. So I've just been tapping him basically every time I get there.
1: It's fucking back end of the fourth round. Like <laughs> what we're we doing? No, sorry, like back end of RB four, not fourth round.
0: Yeah. yeah, what the hell? Like, for a why guy would who someone want legitimately baby over
1: him? He was legitimately or a Robinson. top
2: five running back over the last like seven weeks.
1: Yeah, he's going and, uh, after Brian Robinson and and like uh, around Donta Foreman. What, what?
2: And if anything, the pass catchers got worse with Juju not there anymore. So
1: yeah, yeah sign me up.
2: I know, yeah. Mike. We're all on
0: this one. I know, Michael just tweeted about this uh, the other day. Yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of
1: course, out. I gotta got stalking that Twitter, he, Michael. He got that bug. In me, but, uh, got <laughs> oh me yeah, the, looking my at this angle like, for sure.
0: My bad, the X, the X. Um, oh yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> all right, my... let's
0: get into this tight end. All right, because... What's there to say? I mean, what's there to say? <laughs> Travis Kelsey's the man. But there is something to be said about this. Kelsey is turning 34 in October. So I was thinking to myself, you know, eventually father time catches everyone. Is this the year that Travis Kelsey declines? And there hasn't really been a, a guy. There hasn't really been a a guy on, on his level to the point of, like, incredible superstarness. Uh. There's a very thin group of people. So I looked at these goats, right? I looked at the guys who were at his level, if not just below. In my opinion, it was Gronk, Tony Gonzalez, Antonio Gates, and Shannon Sharp. They were the guys that were like just dominant tight ends in the league, receiving, receiving-wise. And I looked, what year did those guys decline I looked at Shannon Sharp. He was the one that played the earliest. 33, he declined. Now, when I say declined, he became less of a fantasy asset, but also he bounced back in his retirement year and became a pretty good fantasy aspect. I mean, a fantasy um, contributor, so you could say 35 for him. Antonio Gates clearly fell off at 34. Gronk clearly fell fell off at 29. Now, Gates and Gronk had a little bit of different body types than Travis Kelsey. They were more bigger, stronger, uh, l- like, what's the word I'm looking for? Luggier, like they were like, luggier, l- luggier. That's not the right thing, right? Like they, they just they, think they, they were dry. They're just like big lugs. <laughs> Does that make any sense? But like they were, they were big, like lumberjacks. Um, I think the closest body type to Kelsey of this group is Tony Gonzalez, and Tony Gonzalez fell off, and I put quotation marks around it because at 37, because He never got the opportunity to fall off. He just retired at 37. And in that year that he retired, he went for 83, 859, and 8. So he never got the opportunity. Tony Gonzalez never fell off. He just decided to retire at 37. So when you're looking at that, there's no clear, you know, definition. And Travis Kelsey's still in great shape. And look, 110 receptions on 152 targets. That is ridiculous for tight ends. Thirteen hundred and thirty-eight receiving yards. That is absolutely ridiculous for tight ends. Twelve TDs. That is ridiculous for tight ends. Um, first in points per game last year. Nineteen point four points per game. First in red zone opportunities. Thirty-three. First in target percentage. He got twenty-three percent of his team's of his team's freaking yards. And not only that, I mean, it's his tar- it's team's yards teams, targets. There it is. Yo. And not only that, 19 big plays was first among tight ends. Even though the only thing on his Broto card that's not red, and if you look at the Broto, and if you go to the Fantasy Football by Broto app, one of our best features, in my opinion, um, is the Broto cards. Because you click on the cards, and then you, it's the first in the front of the card, it gives you all the athletic and college and draft information and his fantasy grade that you need to just give it like a, and then in the back, it gives you all the stats that you need. And if it's in red, that means they're top 10 in their position. The only stat that isn't in red is A dot. His A dot was 7.12 yards, and it was 14th in the league. Which just shows that he's just but he he led the league in big plays. He's just used at every part of the field. Amazing. For but with, with that, well, but with all that being said,
2: no, I cannot I'm, I'm,
0: talk. With all that being said, I'm probably not gonna have a lot of Travis Kelsey on my team. I just I don't draft onesie positions like one like quarterback tight end that early. That's just me. For me, I'd rather take a shot in a guy like Kyle Pitts in the beginning of the sixth round. Um a shot like if maybe some Dallas Goddard. Um, In there, even like if I was really reaching for tight end, Mark Andrews in the third round, you know, I would rather do something like that and solidify myself with an Austin Eckler in that spot with, uh, you know, A.J. Brown in that spot or, a, you know, some superstar player that, you know, that you can really like Derek Henry. Like I, th- those are the guys that I'm trying to get instead of Kelsey personally. But, I mean, but if you're drafting, Kelsey's Kelsey, going
2: like double digit spots ahead of Derrick Henry right now. They well I take Derek Henry instead anyway. Um like I'm not trying I'm not trying to take
0: a tight end that early. I need a I need a wide receiver or I need a, a running back there. But that's just me. That's just my strategy. In terms of like process, in terms of what is correct, it is
2: totally correct to draft Travis Kelsey anywhere from like the sixth player and on. It's going earlier than that in some places. In some drafts. <laughs> Don't be scared of, of the age. Tony Gonzalez did it for years
0: and years and years and years. And he's got Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, that's, yeah.
2: It.
1: that's it. That's it. Oh, we don't we have, have
2: a... For you. There's no Matt. The Dynasty Stash is on pause. Let's say Rashi Rice for Dynasty Stash. There you go. Feeling young now. guy. All right. At Brodo Fantasy, at FF, at, at FF by
0: Brodo for the app, at Brodo FF Tim, at Brodo FF Casanova, at Brodo FF Mike, at Psych Ward FF, at Brodo FF Jason... Um uh, brotofantasy.com, the fantasy football by Brodo app, YouTube.com/slash BrotoFantasy. We're everywhere, guys. Go, go check us out. Peace. LinkedIn. Later.
2: <laughs>